This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sammy, you dreaming? Toronto Maple Leafs down the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 Saturday night. And just like that, the real Kipper and Bourne show is relevant in the month of May. Holy mackinac! (laughs) Here we come, baby! Do we all owe this to pessimistic Sammy on Friday? Yeah, no more of that optimism BS, eh, Sammy? Hello, gentlemen. You get the first word, Sammy. Go. Um... Really, really happy. <laughs> I will, I'm thrilled. I will say that I didn't really know how much that was going to mean to me. Like when that, you know, like I just really didn't expect to be as euphoric as I was when I saw that puck trickle over the line. What like, did you do? I did many things, but <laughs> a lot of loud Fs, uh, a couple let's F and goes, a couple hard claps. We should have taped them or we should have yeah, a camera we, set we up for him we, we, tr- we don't need a sammy cam in here we needed one saturday night at True. his house i i just it was a really really incredible moment and i it was it's just to have that stupid monkey that was on their back for so long to have that lifted and you saw it in the city of toronto with the response to it and there, there was only one arrest and it was for spanking a horse, which is <laughs> quite, quite a... Did somebody try to rip off a street <laughs> yeah, sign, Yeah, they didn't get arrested for that. But other than that, it was a pretty clean, fun night down in Toronto, other than some guy going, yeah, and smacking <laughs> a horse, I would imagine. But I... Hilarious. It's just... It's really, really, really exciting to see what this city could look like if they went even further than this round. JB, yeah. Last few years doing this show on every Leaf game, we've got to, uh, the three of us on a on a chat line. It was a rather quiet Saturday Wasn't night, wasn't it? It's like no, didn't want to like jinx it or I something. I don't know. Save I, the takes. Just were you just some, at home or I, I was at home. Yeah. At, at just some point, you're like, I am rather exhausted sending you guys notes, and yeah. you probably felt the same way to for me. And it's just, hey, sit back and and watch, watch the it, game. just watch I, it evolve. I think there was a massive undercurrent of complete fear of coming in here today and doing the Game 7 tee-up show. God, you're so right. Oh, it would be like, such a dark day. Did you get that sense when they tied it, Stamkos? Yeah, I mean, it, it did feel like they had kind of been hanging on a little bit. So, sure, there is the sense. Not that they were going to lose. I didn't feel like they were going to lose. But it did feel not enjoyable, you know, just in a way that, like, I- it was. I never felt that they were going to win from the drop of the puck till the puck trickling over the line. I, I really didn't think they were going to win that game at all. But yeah. what what faith have they given me in right. this era that they would ever win a game like that? So for them to was it do that? Was it more just your your history, yeah. uh, the baggage that you brought into the game, or was it actual what you witnessed uh, out of the out of the the game, the series? Maybe at times their inconsistency. What was number one? Just the baggage? I like there was a lot of baggage, but I mean them not being able to break the puck out for long stretches of that game really was a thing too. And the lack of ozone time and the lack of shots in the third period. I think they went what they go thirteen minutes without a shot. Like they really almost twenty by the time the game was over. You know, there was long stretches of that game where they were just bogged down by Tampa and they found a way to win, which they never do. And I find it pretty 
funny. Like, you know, every other fan base across the league now is like, oh, look at the celebration. Finally, they won their cup. I, I find that very, very rich because, you know, they spend all day, every day Hold talking. talking no, no. They spend all day, every day talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and talking about how they blow it Any- in the first round. And then they win the first round, and then all they can do is how excited people are. Yeah, no crap. With people are excited, respect, Sammy. You set them up all year. What do you mean? You you set everybody up all year that's saying that uh, you win the first round, it'll feel like winning a Stanley Cup for sure. And I was allowed. You're allowed to act no, like no, that. No, no, I'm not saying that, but, but that's why all of that came to fruition. I just think it's really funny that everyone obsesses over chirping the Leafs and talking about the Leafs and being like, oh, the Leafs will never get it done. And then they get it done. They're like, whoa, you guys are pretty excited about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That's not allowed. You know why people are excited? Because we care more than anybody else. That's why. And people are jealous of that. That's 100% it. we're willing to pay. (laughs) Also that. The Maple Leafs are the first team in NHL history to win three OT games as a road team in a single playoff series. First in NHL history, John Tavares is the first Leafs captain in history to score a series-clinching goal. La histoire du hockey. Yes, and that was a historic night. Remember, too, you almost gave up a quarter of a century to not getting out of the first round. You did. A lot of donation of time there. You want to, anything else you want to, you guys want to add before we go to our first Kippers Clipper of Saturday night? Just, I'm really happy for Leaf fans and you've been through a lot of crap and you know, you got a moment for that sure. you don't ever get. So congratulations to Leaf fans. And to the people who are in our chat all year long and you know, without the guarantee of this thing ending in a smile, not that it's ended, but congrats on getting a smile out of it. You know, you deserve it. Yeah. Thank you. God, it was I'm dumping. glad you guys did that. Cause I, I, I could not bring myself to ever doing that. What, being happy? <laughs> After a first-round <laughs> victory. Like, we'll get to Sheldon, but I'm, I'm glad he said it best. Like, you're, you're not in it to win one round. You're in it to win the whole You've damn been here all year, thing. right? Right? You've been here all year. And well, all year I've told you guys your bar's low and time to raise it. For sure. Well, I, you, I totally agree. I, and I think you have not I, wavered. I think that... For the team, and we'll get into some of the clips, but for all the things they said, they said all the right things. Yep. And the fans, the fans can have this. Like, you can't take that away, but the people that were playing on the team and coaching the team said the right things. Anyways. Okay, let's go to the game series winning coach, Sheldon Keefe, on the winning moment. Jubilation. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. You black out in those moments. You don't know what's going on. You're just really excited. You know, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, long time coming for a lot of players in our room. Uh, long time coming for myself. Even longer coming for Leafs Nation. So it's uh, it's uh, it's a big night. The celebration was. I cannot believe. Could Keith have dunked if there were a rim above him? Could he have dunked a basketball? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, you 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 can't even imagine. That's special. The the pressure. That he felt along right. with Kyle, and they're a bit they're they're, they're package Part deal. Parcel, yeah. They they are, and to watch Kyle and his emotion, and then Sheldon certainly tells you exactly where they were. Listen, they were. Listen, there's a <laughs> there there might be another coach playing for his job tonight, but this series was was all about yeah. Kyle and Sheldon's future. Yeah, and. That's not to say there's any guarantees moving forward here. No. But it, 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 
the air out of the balloon has been let out somewhat. I think we, you know, we will tackle that tomorrow. I think we plan on talking more about the future than the past, but I do think that's a good point, Kip, that like, I'd, I'd like to discuss how off the hook are they now yeah. and are they at all? You know, that's a, a worthwhile conversation to have at some point here. Okay. Um, we'll go to Sheldon on, on what made the difference in this series and then we'll follow it up. A look at a year ago, we were in this very building in game six and over time. And we had opportunities to win the game. It didn't go our way, you know. Um, now I look at even Montreal, game six, we had opportunities to win the game. It didn't go our way. So to be back in the same position again, you know, we've been talking about it feeling different about our team, but feeling different doesn't help us, you know. It has to be different. And it, it seemed like... Um, all series that it was different you know that's three overtime wins three road wins here in this building against the champs and I know Colorado's the champs but I mean we're in the we're in our division in this conference like, this is the class of the league in, in Tampa and to uh, find a way to to get on the right side of it here against this group that's that's big uh, like I said incredibly proud of our group and thrilled uh, for Leafs fans that they get to see second round hockey, you know, there's, there's a lot more to come. You know, the one thing that stands out to me to do some actual game analysis from that is that they get a break when someone goes to the net and stands in the blue paint. And I don't think it's a coincidence. We saw that was kind of a theme of how they found their offense in this series. And, you know, Morgan doesn't get a piece of it, but he makes radish get up under him and gets radish into the lane that goes off his skate. I don't think it's a coincidence that you find your way through when you start doing the types of things that lead to these greasy OT successes. And their game, for the most part, is built on those type of moments. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I, and I've said this even during the series or all season long when you watch Boston Tampa, and they have longer stretches where they move the puck better. They're yeah. better passing teams. To this day, I wake up and I'm like, Tampa moved the puck way better than the Leafs. But what the Leafs were able to do, and it goes to maybe even John Tavares' strength, mm-hmm. is that, you know, he, he can struggle five on five, we know, in all areas of the ice. But where he's still one of the better players in the league is w- within that six, eight, ten foot radius. Yeah. And it was a hell of a play to get a puck to the net out of, out of uh, the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and credit Matthew Nye's big body. Nice won a battle at a key time. Won a battle against Sergachev. Subtle little uh, area pass. Tavares skates it in with some speed and goes one-on-one, I think, with Sorelli. Yeah. Kind of did a little fake lean-in to get Sorelli and out of the puck lane. just and... get pucks to the net. Yeah. And they were better than Tampa in that aspect. They were. Yeah, I mean, in terms of goals from distance, uh, you think about all their OT winners, you get a tip from Kerfoot on a long shot, you get Riley shooting one in from distance. You know, this Tavares one was not in tight and tight, even though it's deflected in tight. So, yeah, that was a significant difference maker. Certainly some luck involved in it, but, uh, you know, nice to be for them to be on the right side of it. And they didn't make the big mistake this did, year. Did you um, see the clip of Keefe right before the goal goes in? When he yells, go effing forehand. Go, yeah, go forehand. Yeah, he says that Tavares is about he to cut in on his backhand. Go yeah. effing forehand. Yeah. And then he jumps and does a 360 dunk. After his <laughs> goal goes in. Mad vert. Yeah. All right. Let's follow it up with the, uh, the additions to the team that helped get the Leafs over the hump Saturday night. You know, you look at the, the additions that we made to our group. You know, uh, 
starting back to the trade deadline a year ago with Giordano. You know, I look at the offseason, a guy like Yarn Kroc that's played deep in the playoffs, played a lot of hockey in the playoffs. You know, then the additions of, you know, O'Reilly and Shen and McCabe and Achari, you know, these guys that have, have played in the league a long time or and, and or have played deep in the playoffs. O'Reilly and Shen, of course, have won. Shen in particular has won with this team in this building with these with, with our opponent. I mean, all these kind of things, I, I think, really helped us. Kyle did an unbelievable job throughout uh, the offseason and the trade deadline to put us in a position to succeed. And he, probably more than anybody, deserved to have this to have this result uh, because he's believed in the group, uh, yet he's made adjustments and changes along the way. It didn't hurt that there's a handful of guys that just have not gone through the disappointment. Yeah, you're, maybe you're right. You know, haven't been hurt before and you know, not wearing the scars quite like everyone else. It's probably an element of it. I thought they got really good performances. You know, the guys they mentioned, like, you know, Achari was such an important piece for them. He actually made a play to get Matthews a look pretty late in the game. That was, was unbelievable. So a lot of those guys, yeah, didn't seem to wilt. Um, when the pressure was on, at least we're able to keep up their performance. So, man, they go 11 and 7, they get it done. A lot of people going, Hall's out and they win. Shock, I know. But I was surprised they went 11 and 7 and Hall wasn't one of the seven. Yeah. Like that to me is a huge statement to play Gustafson over Hall. Don't you think? Like, and I, Gustafson is, was he directly at fault for the only goal against? He was part to blame. He wears a bit of it for sure. It's just for getting stuck out on the walls. His guy uh, goes that was to the a, net. That was a big statement to me. I, I thought the the mileage they got out of Luke Shen in the first round was off the charts. Uh, who could have seen that coming? Like, we had debates about should he be in or not. Like question we is yes. uh, question is foot speed, but he had the ability to slow the game down to his yeah. preference. He had poise with the puck. Poise, like I couldn't believe uh, an exit pass. Yeah. One of the few guys. And I thought uh, those were legit 18 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, he didn't move the puck until he saw something he liked. So sometimes he just held it. Was He's big enough to take the contact, and he he didn't force it somewhere where all of a sudden it ends up, you know, going back on Tampa's stick. How how many many five-on-five goals do you think he was on for this series? Oh, three. Kipper? More. One. That's pretty yeah, good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Yeah, no, no. His numbers are off the charts in this series. Him and Riley I thought it might be four, but uh the the Leafs what the these numbers are from Kevin Papetti on Twitter. The Leafs won Morgan Riley's minutes nine three in this series, Marner eight one, and Shen seven one. Unbelievable. There you go. I'm looking around. I'm watching Luke Shen. I know. I'm watching Mark Stahl in Florida. These guys were written off years ago. Hockey's come back. It's come back, you know, to recognizing in playoffs how different it is. Yeah, how this, you know, it's still hockey. Right. And you still need butchers. I mean, the amount of times that Shen had to tell one of the butchers on Tampa Bay to shut up was really surprising. That's, to me, is, you know, outside of his unbelievable advanced stats in this series, which is something I didn't see coming. I thought, Kipper, and I'll get your take on this, a big swing moment in this series was when he went toe-to-toe with Janot in that game two, was it? And, you know, he's getting challenged. He's not going him. 
Finally, yeah. Janelle no. goes up to him. And, like, I felt that Tampa's bull crap after that was way less. Like, I really felt that that was a big-time physical moment. Genoa. Five picks. Listen. They didn't even use him after that last two games. Tampa didn't have another drop to piss in yeah. this series. They gave them everything they had, yeah. including that physical edge that Maroon tried from that that fight to the hit on Giordano mm-hmm. and everything in between. Those guys petered out. Great start to the series. That line didn't keep it up, I didn't think. I, I think they did. I think oh, do it, you? I, I think they, yeah. they, they did. I think they had a presence throughout it. It just the numbers say they wasn't did. enough. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. Yeah. And I think this is a series where you can say the better team may have not won, but the more the more resilient team did. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at the, the the ability not only for Shen to to have that optic look of standing up to them on that on that bench, mm-hmm. uh, but to also lead the physicality and the hits. I think if you look uh, at the league leaders in the first round, you see Shen there, you yeah. see Achari there, and you see McCabe there. Yeah, McCabe's another one, solid, spectacular. No, but did we? Once mentioned that they could use a, a guy like Jake Muzzin. He mm-hmm. essentially came in and and did what Jake Muzzin d- usually did at, at, at the height. You no, thought, McCabe. Oh, McCabe. McCabe. Right? Yeah. McCabe came yeah. in and filled Jake Muzzin's shoes. Sure. Good Jake Muzzin. Yeah. Healthy Jake Muzzin. Mm-hmm. Couple of big hits as well. That, to me, all yeah. factored in in the Leafs getting over the hump. They definitely had the bigger share of like, oh, hits in the series. You know, the ones where it's like, oh, that's a momentum shifting yeah. hit or a noteworthy hit. So that's uncommon. I also, you know, worth noting last four games, Austin Matthews scores five times. You know, he's got 11 shots last game or some 11 shot attempts anyway. You know, like a, you know, they showed up when it counted. Marner and so, Matthews, a ton of points in the series. Can I just, we mentioned Janot there. Can I just, Take this time now that he hasn't scored a big goal against the Leafs to say, boy, that's a bad trade. That uh, didn't work out this year. No question. Yeah, you know, in a perfect world, you would have taken those assets and added it to the blue line. 100%. But you couldn't they, because... They were screaming you out needed, for that. You needed to... You, you don't give up those assets to get a guy of equal salary cap value. They didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think yeah, that... Yeah, what's Janot make? A million bucks or I, something like... I don't, one yeah. five? I don't yeah. know. He can't be much more than two. So where are you going to go give up a first, a second, a third, and a fourth for a $2 million defenseman? Yeah. I, I think they look at... Uh, 800 he made this year. 800? Janot, yeah. So so people are saying that they should have got a defenseman. What, you're not getting a defenseman. You're not fitting a defenseman in yeah. for those assets. And for Janot, they, they thought it was a, a good risk on... Late round picks. Anyways. They thought they were getting Goodrow, you know, someone who could come in and be a third line difference. I don't know maker. how they would have thought that. The guy scored twenty four goals and he fights everyone. Yeah, but you know, I, yeah, maybe you're right. I, I think that's they envisioned getting a cheap I, depth I, guy. But I think he's good. But I, I think of what Coleman did and uh, Goodrow when they won the championship. You know, another guy that they missed. Yeah, Annie Gord. Gord. Annie Gord, for sure. Who's happens to be in the second round? Uh, and and Seattle's number one line. Yeah, I'm not right? shocked. I love the guy. I think so, he's an awesome player. Uh, the the blue line, 
as advertised, was overwhelmed. Did we actually hear about Hedman at all? Did anything come out on Hedman playing at, what, 50 60%? No, I haven't heard anything. But, you know, and where is Bunting taking out uh, Chernak and all of this? Like, huge, guys. Huge. Massive. Massive moment. Ugly moment, but guess what? Sometimes it gets ugly to win championships. No, it's... You need a break here and there. I don't know if you want to call that a break (laughs) or not. Well, he made a break. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's making a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... I think that, like, you're right. That is such a massive moment in that game, too, where everyone was tight, tight coming into that game and to not have Hedman and Chernak play in that game, too, and let them have that run-it-up game and they're feeling better about themselves. Like, that was a massive swing in the, in the, the, the series. Yeah, definitely a huge part of it. In about 30 minutes, we're going to catch up to our good friend, Gord Stellick. It's going to be great to hear his thoughts after 19 years. A guy that's uh, followed the Leafs as much as anyone over this uh, horrible stretch prior to Saturday night. So, Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation, pre and post, will be joining us. And in the second hour, Joe Haggerty, Boston Bruin writer for Boston Hockey Now. We, we, We need some answers here. On the Boston Bruins. I got to know what it was like in that room after that game. Yeesh. Boy. Like. I mean, if they're without Bergeron, Krejci, and all of a sudden Marchand's the captain and a year older, and it it might be a different looking team last year or next year. All right. uh, I don't know. Maybe five, six weeks ago, I wrote an article for the Toronto Star. You can find it on uh, my Real Kipper Twitter. Uh, Leafs can't win without Morgan Riley. Yeah, that's right, too. Sure, panned out. He, he needed to get going, <laughs> yeah, and he really did. That's the best I've ever seen him play hockey. Oh, I it's mean, not even close. The, the way he skated in that series and the the confidence he showed with the puck, like just no fear with him out there on the ice. And I mean, you called it, and it sure made a huge difference for this team. I don't know if if Shen helped him that much, well, or if just being in these games has helped him that much. Maybe Sammy can help me out here. Did he not play well with a guy like Labushkin? When yeah. before he left for Buffalo, and he played best with Hainsey, really well like, with Hainsey. It's he just, always needs a guy like that. Yes, it it just seems like once a guy knows what his responsibilities, and I I watched it in our in our best days in New York with Jeff Bukaboom, who last time I checked never made it an All Star team, mm-hmm. but he was absolutely perfect for Brian Leach the yeah. year we won. Yeah, and it just seems like there's a comfort zone now. For Morgan Riley, where he's not, he's not forcing the play, and he's jumping in holes that he should, mm-hmm. which was such a struggle for him during the regular season. Yeah, yeah, having a sense of when to get up and get in the play. It's crazy though. Is like I don't think the offense he created this playoff series was from jumping up in the play. I know he's in front of the net in the OT winner, but like a lot of it came from the back and staying on the blue line and moving it up and getting shots through. And, you know, I, I thought he made good, better decisions in a conservative way. All right, Derek, let's go to Morgan Riley on his thoughts on uh, how he felt after Saturday night. It's a mix of being relieved, being extremely happy, being, you know, grateful and all that stuff. But also, you know, you want more. You want to keep going. You want to keep building. You want to keep pushing for more. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great thing about our group. I think, um, I mean, we're looking forward to the challenges that are ahead. We're, you know, proud of the effort. But ultimately, we want to keep playing and we want to keep pushing for more. Oh, that's some captain speak right there. 
Yeah, it's. I feel like a dick for everything I said about this guy. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm done talking about more regular season Morgan Riley from now on. Every time we can talk about how bad he's been in the regular season, I'll be like, ah, no comment because <laughs> he always plays good, well in the playoffs. You had to like that, Kip. I, I like Austin Matthews. Uh, we heard from uh, Mitch Marner. They all had that in the back of their minds, which is great. I, I think a lot had to do with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly coming in as well. Mm-hmm. And at times during the, the Tampa series, and let's not forget here, I mean, they got smoked in that first game that started a ton. Yeah. Do, do, do people remember that? I watched that? the first period today. I watched the first period of that game to be like, how can you look so different? It was awful. The period was awful, tense, and, and no one could make and, a play. And there was a ton jumping no off. No one skated. There was, a, there was a ton of people already jumping off the bandwagon after yes. that one. Oh, God, they score at the end of the period to make it 3 nothing. It's just like, oh, You forget how long a series really is. Like, one period in a seven-game series, you can move on, but it felt in that moment like no chance. And that's to your point where having someone like Ryan O'Reilly and Shen, who understand it's a longer it's a longer journey than winning that first game sometimes. Yeah, just move on. Just there move you go. on. All right, let's follow it up with uh, Austin Matthews' comments as well. And I've been here seven years. Mitchie, Willie, uh, always been here ten. Um, you know, Johnny, five, six. And, um, you know, just just to get over that hump, it's obviously it's it's huge mentally for us. And, um, you know, just to get that monkey off the back. And, you know, we don't want to look back now. We just want to keep putting our foot on the gas and, and, and keep pressing forward. Five goals in the series. Mm-hmm. We know how big they were to yeah. avoid Tampa being up 3-2 in the series. For sure. For sure. And but, that, yeah, go ahead. But still stretches for me where he's he's quiet. Yep, definitely. I, I just thought, like, the shift he scores that goal on was indicative of, like, you know, you want someone to go out there and take it a little bit. And there were there were moments like that, right? Vasilevsky makes a big save on him a second before that. You know, you just felt like... You got what you needed out of him. You got the big goal. Yeah, he just scored. It's a step for him. Like, I don't, like, I would agree that, like, but Tampa is also pretty good. So yeah. you're going to have stretches where they have the puck more. Like, he's playing against Anthony Sorelli, who is arguably, you know, he's one of the best defensive centers in the league, and you're playing against yeah. him. They didn't have the puck a lot this no, series. And I, and I think, I think that's credit to Tampa, right? Like, they're, they're really good hockey team who yeah. played a bunch of good games against the Leafs, but in the big moments, Matthews rose above it and scored massive goals, scored two goals in the comeback in game four, scored the first goal of game five, scored in, I mean, the game, the one in game five didn't really matter, but in game six, he scores the one to go ahead. Like he just really had big moments, but I agree. Tampa did a good job on him, but he still found a way to score five goals. That's what makes great players great. It's just the ability to rise above that. It's that Montreal series. He goes games five, six, and seven. Nothing. nothing. You know, that's a, certainly a page turner for them. I thought him and Marner were both brilliant. Like, we can talk about Tavares. We can talk yeah. about Willie and all that. But, like, their two best players were by far their two best players, and it hadn't been the case in previous playoffs. I series. know we've talked about this a lot, but the Marner thing to me is he takes that second line and he makes it relevant. You yeah. know, like, th- without him, 
you know, bringing along Tavares and bringing along whoever he plays with, I just don't know that they have the depth to find their way through the way that they end up doing in this series. And, um, you know, 11 points and, you know, big PK minutes, 23 minutes last night. To me, it's the plus nine that stands out. And if you look at... uh, And on a line, Kip, that's historically a minus. Like with with Tavares. So how how good was he at 200 feet? Yeah, unbelievable. Awesome. And he's so important defensively. Connor McDavid, is he... Is he like um, even or? Oh, I don't know. He, yeah. His number, like, it gets so tight checking. Yeah. You know, I, what is, uh, find me, I'm Connor looking McDavid. Right I'm looking at him. Right plus three, plus two. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not what you'd expect. For sure. Right. And that's, you know, at five on five, to have those guys power lines, it gives you something where all of a sudden he, you don't have to protect. Tavares with O'Reilly. And then you have a third line that gets to be O'Reilly and Achari Con- and Nyes or Bunting. Connor McDavid was minus one. Minus one in, in the next series. Yeah. Yeah. And that gives you some idea. You know, their power plays he had, 57% he, he or had something. And ten, that's, he had 10 points in the series, six of them on the power play. Yeah. You know, and that's it's tough. It's tough when good players key on you and try to shut you down. And so for the Leafs to spread it out the way they did, it's a massive advantage. And for years, we've said it should become one. This should show up as an advantage and nice for it to actually come out in reality. Did uh, Willie Nylander's seven points, two goals in the series uh, seem quiet for you? Underwhelming. I got to tell you, I was working on something today uh, for an article I haven't written yet, but there's four goals in this series where Willie Nylander is against, directly responsible for, where you go, that's the guy Willie's supposed to be checking. And so he did tons on the offense. Like you mentioned, seven points. I thought he skated well, created. But defensively, that is one of the worst stretches of Nylander hockey I've seen. So I imagine that's one of the things they'll want to tighten up with old Bill. Get back to more of a 200-foot game. I don't know. Did you see that at all, Kip? 100%. Yeah. Uh, you're bang on. Little, little risky for me, you know, he's the weak side winger in the D zone. He's got to protect the front of the net, and that's Stamkos' goal. He should be there. You know, I don't need to go through it all, but he's got better still to give, and he created a lot of his expected goals were really, really good, so I expect more from him. You guys, uh, any, anywhere else you want to go? We got to go. Listen. I can't I, believe I, we don't have Cooper clips in here. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Did I not put them in the lineup? I don't see Cooper. Oh, I got two that. Coopers. Oh, Yes. Sorry, my bad. No, I, I was just shocked that we I didn't. Have... I'm not teeing him up. Just play with whatever the hell you want <laughs> Give me for the two. last time. I'm not going to get in debate of, like, who is the better team. <laughs> they beat us four games to two. So it, statistics say they were the better team than us. Um, but do I sit here and think we could have really done anything different to change the tide? No. Like, we played... We played well enough to win this series. I think anybody that watched this series would would, would agree with that. Um, but you can't you can't lose three overtime games at home. Like if you're not going to get a home game, it's really tough to to uh, to win a series. And you know we had the lead in uh, game three and gave it up with a minute left. We had a four one lead in in game four and gave that one up. And you know this one we had to come from behind, but still you're three games in overtime regardless of how you think, you know, the territory of the game's going. If you can't pull those out, then it's uh, it's tough to win. And that's where I give Toronto credit. Um, even when they were being leaned on by us, they uh, they were opportunistic. They capitalized on, on plays they had to. And 
when it came for our turn for that to happen, we couldn't uh, we couldn't capitalize. Uh, oh my God! No. Oh, that is no. Chef's kiss. You don't. What what part do do you not agree with? He's right, but they lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree with everything he said. I mean, he's not wrong. But scram, beat it. Take a hike. I, I, take I, a hike. Take a yeah. Enjoy the yeah. Enjoy the beach, but, Coop. Point and Kucherov could have won this series alone with their chances. Well, Point and Kucherov combined for two five-on-five goals in six games. That's a, you thought you thought Kucherov was good, Kipper? No. Oh, he's I'm awful. saying. I'm saying that he could have if he would have been more Kucherov-like. Yeah, that was sure. That totally could right? if, the, the if they show up and, and they have strong, like, they don't have to be off the chart numbers. I mean, it's a it's a difference maker. Yeah. You know, I I thought the best line that Tampa had by a good distance was Sorelli, Hagel, Kalorn. Yeah. That line had the puck H- and Hagel's buzzed and buzzed. He is. He's a, he's, go away. He's a, you know, he's just in everyone's face, skates well. That line is excellent and oh they're annoying and great playoff line it made me so sick that in that third period cooper mr smarty pants goes with a hunch and puts stamkos on that line and for have him to score on that shift was a dagger into my heart kipper that was a brilliant coaching move a dagger into my heart like i can't handle that being the difference in this game it was an (laughs) excellent call by him and it made me so sick i wrote on my little note sheet watching the game bad matchup for leafs before they scored like they had geo and gustafson against that line willie nyes like that's four guys i don't need in that spot we we do have one more cooper clip if you want to throw it in oh my god yes okay listen this team hasn't lost a playoff series in the Eastern Conference since 2019. It's 2023. The We're not used to this feeling. So it's... It, you sit here and do this press conference 10 minutes after the game ended. It, it, it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't even think of the word. But you're... It just doesn't feel good. Um, but like I said, I think there's 31 other teams in the league that would love to have our history here in the last 10 years, five years, three years. Um, that's why this is difficult because usually we're on the other side of this press conference and, and I'm going second as the winning coach. So, um, it, at some point... Um, you're not going to get the break. It, it just, it's just the way it is. Or teams would win like 15 cups in a row. And a te- for a team and an organization that has really has struggled <laughs> in the playoffs, uh, at some point they were going to get a break. It's just, it just sucks it was against the series against us. Now he's starting to play the percentages. Yeah. Right? Now it's the old percentage game. Let me get the world's smallest violin out for you, Coop. (laughs) Hey, I got news for you. Call you a wambulance. For the real Kipper and Bourne show, sliding from John Cooper to Paul Maurice isn't going to be, it's going to be a seamless. Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, Maurice has to be the second best. We're going to get into Florida. Show it there. We're gonna we're gonna get into Florida a little later, but just a friendly reminder reminder that uh, you know you ain't done with uh, sometimes feeling Tough a little pressers. queasy 
with post coaches uh, comments. Uh, that clip was, you know, you, like you know, you know when you used to call those like lines that there'd be a beautiful young woman on the other end of it. That's like the equivalent of that for me. Listening to him cry there. <laughs> okay, what one eight hundred? Listen to Coop cry is my number one hotline that I want to call. Oh, he's just whining. Oh, we're the better team. Oh, we love, you know, oh, we've been here for four straight years and we are $17 million over the cap and we won a fake cup in a bubble. Oh, yeah. Listen. Listen. Hey, that's three years in the making right there He's for him. To have it, oh, go, take, go, we're go. Not Just call him off. take an absolute lap. Go. <laughs> oh. Go. You good? You, uh, like, you got it oh, out of your system? Oh, yeah. They, they haven't had a lot of success. Scram Oh, <laughs> take a lap. Right. Just give them some credit to the Leafs, man. No, yeah. you might have been better in some games, but you didn't. Your team, in the most pivotal game, the team that you coach, came out in the third period and laid an absolute egg because they thought they had beat the Leafs. And that, that's coaching. They were not fired up for that third period. They laid an egg. You are the one who motivates them. Walking off like you're Joe Namath after you win one game in Toronto. That's the only thing I take personally give me a break some pleasure in is because yes. that yes. implies oh like, no 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 that one we're coming here you got one you got one yeah I just like one you, you got greedy that, that was a bit you know like cooper plays the lawyer hey, really you, well you, that you was just, a bit like, too much you know you, you salvage the series series being down just or you're still down three two yeah right yeah it's, uh, don't want to that's a, that's the last that's that's a, that was a lasting thought yeah a little bit of a bulletin board material get, for the guy who much play much. I don't think it got uh, as much play no. as it should have right after the game. It's that, a good point. That's uh, that's one. Listen. Just like one goal you scored in game six, bud. <laughs> this is how okay, we're going to go to break six. soon, but you cannot open up this block um, without having this conversation, which is going to be. Oh, come on, guys. I went on uh, hockey, uh, Sports Central on Saturday night post-game, and they said, well, what was the difference? Just at the end of the day, it's just one guy. 35. Samsonov. Ended up being the biggest star in that game. That's the best game I've seen him play. He was so composed. He wasn't overexcited. Like, he really, he looked so in a way that would make you confident outside of just making all the saves. What a great performance. And, a, frankly, a surprising one. I thought it was kind of under an underrated story how, like, concerned I was about Samsonov in that game. And well, he was awesome. It's, it's kind of expected because there are some nights... You're going, is that the same goalie? Did you ever see this uh, Jerry Seinfeld episode yes. when he's dating the good-looking girl? Yeah, in different lighting? In different lighting. <laughs> she's, like, butt ugly? Yes, I have seen that one. That's sometimes. It's That's, Samsonov. I love that. Yeah, that is. It's like, oh, which, are we getting the good-looking Samsonov? <laughs> are we getting the kind of, you know. Not? Not. Good looking? He's gorgeous in game six. (laughs) (laughs) He's stunning. Supermodel. (laughs) Really? He stared down the apparent best goalie in the world and beat him on his home ice. Fellow Russian. Right? Like everyone says, oh, that's the steely guy that doesn't get beat in an elimination game. And Samsonov goes in there and beats him in an elimination game. That's not 5-4 or 6-5 with wild goals going in. Yeah, It's a tight game where they need every single one of the saves you need you wonder if that changes him going going into the next series having like haven't done it this is his first playoff series win and he beat vasilevsky does he feel better and less nervous it's crazy to go into the next you know it's god they got a lot of russian goalies going against bobrovsky now but 
Samsonov versus Bobrovsky. No one saw that. But having no. not even for one second. Like if someone did, they're if someone tells you they did, they're lying. I just I can't I I can't help but feel that beating Vasilevsky for Samsonov is a massive moment. Oh, it has to be. That's going home and you, you It's gotta be out all just league. it has to be nerves for him. Game one was disastrous. To to so turn bad. yourself around, to be over aggressive, yeah. to fall awkwardly over on your stomach and not be square to the shooter. It just has to be nerves for him. And so, yeah, if you can have less of that and see him, you know, be the better version of himself, that changes how you feel with the Leafs a bit. Particularly because Bobrovsky. Gord Stelic after the break, but Sammy, you got a few things you got to say. So it's time for playoff picks presented by Bet365. Visit the, the app for the latest odds. Now, this is a pretty remarkable uh, edition of playoff picks because I went to check out some odds today. And your Toronto Maple Leafs, oh boy, the ones who wear blue and white, are the Stanley Cup favorites. The mm-hmm. favorites uh, to win Lord Stanley's mug. I saw that. At plus 350. And, and another and Canadian team right behind them. The second favorite is the Edmonton Oilers at 375. Oh the Irish Sports there right now are just like, <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Speaking of dialing 1-800-JOHN COOPER, they're <laughs> dialing 1-800-THAT-SERIES. <laughs> no kidding. Let me ask you something. Okay, how, how, Sportsnet's had the national package for how long? 300 years. 300 years. Yeah. Would you have taken 299 of those sucking for a Toronto Edmonton <laughs> final? The, uh, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great 100%. question. Would you make that trade to get it once, to get an all-Canadian final with yes. the Leafs in it? You might. You might. I don't know how the math works. If you can, if you can make up as much money in one yeah. round like that than thir- you can for seven of them that suck. There's 35 million Canadians. That final would be viewed by 36 million somehow in Canada. I yeah, don't know. They, people would they, fly they would home. People no, people would be watch. flying home from all over the world to watch that. <laughs> yeah, truly, I, you know, a lot of times TNT or ESPN would just like not even show up for that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might. They might not be showing up now that they're yeah, ruined. Just move on. Yeah, but, I got to say a lot of TV execs probably not loving the Bruins and Colorado being eliminated. Yeah, yeah. Probably not great. I, to, to Sammy's point over John Cooper, who cares? Yeah. Right? Who okay. cares? Yeah. No, Sorry. Um, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Hey, go watch uh, baseball starting soon. Yeah. En- right. Enjoy enjoy the basketball series. There's some really good ones in the second round. Yeah. Um, sorry, but, not sorry. I'm just looking at, like, you know, a lot of times they books will pump up odds for very public teams like the you know for example like the packers or the cowboys or you know the lakers and other sports the leafs are obviously an incredibly public team but if i look on merit like it's pretty close to being like on merit correct the way that this is opened up for them is illegitimately terrifying as a leaf fan so can i tell you how i've been legitimately terrifying Uh, on bet365 you can get the rangers to win the cup today at plus 1300 so you have to win tonight, and then there's a couple of rounds after that. You can bet it's for them just to make the final two. So I've bet that, and then I've also bet the Devils to win tonight, just to win my money back if the, the Rangers don't win. So There you go. Yeah, and, la- and last quick thing here, uh, if you want to have some action on Rangers-Devils Game 7, I think I'm leaning towards the Rangers. A Rangers win with a Kreider goal and Igor Shesterkin to have over 29 and a half saves pays plus 575, so some fun for Game 7 tonight. And that was Playoff Picks, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. And quickly, Kipper, before we go to break. 
Matthew Nye's on the ice for all three playoff overtime winners on the road. Pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, and the play he makes to John Tavares is otherworldly other cycle. Right? Yeah. And no due respect to, you know, other players, but Yarncroft hasn't shown the ability to make that play. Kerfoot hasn't. Right. Good this point. This kid comes in and uh, ice in his veins. Even crazier. He lost in overtime in the national championship game in that building. Oh, yeah. He was in that building and watched his team lose in OT, yeah. then gets on the ice for the Leafs. OT winner, OT winner, OT winner. Must be some, Feel a little some better. bit yeah. of satisfaction in that anyway. I'm sure he's still, the thought of Quinnipiac still crosses his mind at least twice a day. I'm sure. That, yeah. uh, that's a nice consolation prize for him, though. Do you see there's like in OT or late in the third son, they cut to him on the bench and he was singing along to the arena music? Yeah. Like, dude is just unfazed. He does not care. Okay, All we're right. going to take a quick break. Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post will join us after to get his thoughts on the big win Saturday night. Joe Haggerty follows the Bruins for Boston Hockey now. We need answers. And what maybe we could expect out of the Florida Panthers and we got almost 4,000 people on YouTube. How's that? Ooh, we would love a thumbs up before we go to break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Back towards the blue line, headed to himself off the boards, back into the corner for Nyes. Nyes back in the net for Tavares. Tavares coming out, sends it in a goal. They score! They score! Holy Mackinac, they score! The Leafs have won it! They're going to the second round! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac! What do we do now? That's a great line. Oh, eh? Ralphie, what a home run, eh? Like to get that's so Ralphie. That was, of course, Joe Bowen with the call Saturday night for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we also had Joe on Friday, which was a, a great, uh, a great interview. More so about just the emotion of everything that went into uh, the weekend and the possibilities. Our next guest kind of falls into that for me anyways. Yeah. Because I'm a little older than you guys. No. So certainly uh, can feel for a guy like Gord Stellick who really started out in the organization, got a chance to be the general manager, and of course uh, years later doing a terrific job in the media. Let's welcome in into the show uh, Gord Stellectricity. And, you know, outside of what Joe felt, uh, let's start with you there, Gordo. What were your thoughts Saturday night? Kippy, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay, one eight hundred got junk. Okay, you back up here. Back up here. Nineteen years, big enchilada right in the back there. Okay, a team that couldn't close the seventh deciding game. Put the bag in there. The the big players. The big players. Yeah, back it up over here. We got more bags here. That's it, Derek. The big players. The big players. They can't. They can't come through. They came through. Goaltending can't come through. Trade deadline. You can't get at pickups. All these things. 
instead of today talking about a game seven that we would feel like the Boston Bruins did yesterday against Florida, that kind of nervousness that free at last, free at last. And I'm, I don't want to diminish about the civil rights cause. That's way more important. But I'm telling you, that's that's the feeling right now. So just, you know, memories of Nikki Borshevsky, of Lanny McDonald, of Gary Volk, of that kind of thing. It's just 19 years. We deserve it. Leafs Nation. The, you know what? Players deserve it. The organization we deserve it. We deserve it as uh, whether it's uh, media that work with the team, recover the team, or the fans that support them through thick and thin. Hallelujah. Yeah, Gordo, that's awesome. I mean, right. I mean, truly, truly wonderful thing there. Um, you know, talk about the team all the time. Obviously, fun for these people who follow it so closely to have that moment. You know, what does that mean for them going forward? And we're going to talk, mostly look backwards, but does this change, like, the pressure and how things feel for the Leafs? Do you think it'll free them up? Huge. Huge, yeah. huge. Because, like, I mean, these guys, they, they, their parents can't even wear 1967. That's not on them. They can't wear 19 years. That's not on them as well. But just, you know, like, just, just in this, this last, I mean, what would, what would we say? Like, I mean, talk about 1-800-GET-JUNK. Like, imagine if they had the end-of-season end of, end of clean-out presser on Wednesday or whenever, and we're talking about it. Uh. We, 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 what, what, we could say nothing. We, there's nothing we could say all summer, nothing they could say. So, you know, you just, yeah, so just the whole thing about just the shackles off. Now, okay, big picture, it's only one round. They should have won a round a uh, year or two, three, four, five ago. But still, right now, and you know what? Like 1993, as Kippy mentioned, uh, we're a little bit older, and Kippy was active in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup the next year. That year, the big guns got knocked off. The top five teams in the regular season got knocked off. So it was the Leafs, Kings, Islanders, and Montreal Canadiens that were down to the final four. So you've got Colorado, Tampa Bay, Boston are out. And one thing I tweeted, the teams that have won the Stanley Cup the last 16 years, they're all out. So for somebody, and why not the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's a, there's a, it's not an easy path. It's still a difficult path, but the heavyweights have sort of been taken care of in the first round, which I never expected. Gord, uh, no question the pressure uh, over the last few years on, on Marner, Matthews, Riley, Tavares, uh, and uh, playing with that responsibility of carrying half a team's salary cap. Uh, the numbers were there for all of them. Uh, Tavares with the, the clincher, first time a captain's been able to do that in history yet we watched a goaltender for the first time in 11 clinching tries to actually be the first star of the game is that is that the bottom line here yeah kippy i saw you come on right after the game i was we were watching the post-game coverage and you said that and that's absolutely it you know that you know i love freddie anderson but the Toronto Maple Police got out goaltended every single series and goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. Now, all the other things were huge positives, but a big question mark was the goaltending. And once or twice during the playoff, you kind of wondered, uh, was that not going to be a problem again? But when he needed to come up big, this guy absolutely came up big. And that, yeah, and that that is that is number one. You don't have him giving you decent goaltending, at times exceptional goaltending. We're not talking this manner today. And, you know, to go with the grade-A performances, um, you know, Austin Matthews shows up in big moments down the stretch for them, scores a bunch of goals that help him through. Um, you know, did you, did you like the progress from his game in general over playoff series that we've seen in the past? 
Justin, do you notice when Kippy's on TV, the product placement of all the Kippy products behind him? Did no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is that right? Looking oh. for Little Buddha? <laughs> yeah, Little Buddha, the Kippy book is there. And then the I think he's doing a new turtle wax, Kippy's turtle wax for cars and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. But, hey, you know, I, there was um, – like Austin Matthews, people expect dominate Don. Like, and and there was, there was that, but also there was just the key slick Austin Matthews style. You know that that three goal comeback. It was he, he was like a gunslinger with that great deflection that seemed to be the one that really really galvanized them in in coming back tying and ultimately winning that game. And then that shift on Saturday. Man, you got to. That's one of those you replay. Now, give the whole team credit. I mean, give the whole team credit about keeping the puck in, keeping the pressure on. But to your point, like, uh, again, all the big guns. I mean, Mitch Marner's been their best player this year, and he was that at, for the bulk of the playoff, or, or was one of the best players the bulk of the playoffs as well. They, I mean, that's been the tough thing. These guys who have had exceptional years have had to face um, the post, you know, the postseason scrum or or accountability factor uh, on a down note. And instead, and they, you know, Tampa Bay's got a lot of big names and all these guys came up. And, that, and, and Austin Matthews, you know, at times you kind of said, when's he going to get going? And then you realize that there was a certain different kind of role that he played and he, and, and, and he was the guy. We're talking to Gord Stellick, former Toronto Maple Leaf general manager and now uh, host of Leaf Nation pre and post on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, Gord... We, we all expected a better Morgan Riley uh, in the playoffs. It was a must. Uh, but were you surprised at the level that he hit? Yeah, I, 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 I'll say pleased. I'll say pleased. I wasn't sure. Put it that way. Because I, I, we've talked many times. I'm really big on him. Big on Morgan Riley. I, I understood the, the big on Morgan Riley part wasn't the one we saw a lot during the regular season. You know, I, I wonder... You know, Kippy, and you had it with, uh, you know, Bukaboom being such an excellent partner, an underrated partner to Brian Leach for all those years. And Luke Shen, I thought maybe he might just be a seventh guy for his personality, his toughness, his grit. Well, whatever it is, with Morgan Riley, it just seems to have, I got to say, part of maybe brought the best out of him. But I, he was the factor X player. What were you going to get in Morgan Riley? And again, Kippy, going back our era about what Ian Turnbull did, again, I'm going way back when, but for the Toronto Maple Leafs a lot of years ago when Borea Sami got injured, he had his best playoff when they upset the New York Islanders. And this, I mean, it's 45 years later, but there's a lot of similarities in this. And Morgan Riley and the black eye's perfect. Like, I don't know, the Gary Roberts black eye is just perfect, you know, to add to that persona. They needed a stud D. Uh, they had, I mean, McCabe was as well. They had, they had, uh, they had a couple stud D's in that regard. I thought those two were outstanding. But yeah, I was, I, I was, I was pleased. I, I've always, when I say believed in him, but I, I acknowledge that that's something you know that hadn't been there as much during the regular season, and he rose to the occasion. Do you have any concern that the team didn't carry the play like they typically do? Like you would say over the Leafs, about the Leafs team for years now, even in losses, like they tended to be on the right side of shot attempt metrics and all that. Do you have any concern that generally they spend a lot more time in their own zone than they typically have? Yeah, you know, and, and you, you, you're good on this. Like you write very, very interesting. You break it down in a very interesting manner. And, you, and you're right, Justin, in that you can't, you can't do this 
long term, okay? You can't, there's a lot of things you can do in the short term, in the small picture, but the big picture, uh, you can't come out flat four out of five games, the first, you know, of the first five, come out relatively flat four of the first five, or, or, or look like the other team wants it more early on in those games. You can't always come back from three goals down. You can't tie it with a minute left like, you know, like uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly did in that particular game. You can't count on that. So uh, I, and that's why I was saying earlier that it's this not an easier path to the Stanley Cup. You know, you, you, you'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to play better than you did, even though you beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in that particular part, as far as the old Mike Babcock start on time. So I, I agree with you. It's not, you know, it just about that. That would be a concern going forward that it's not always going to, it's like cramming for the exam the last night before, you know, it may work once or twice, but you know, in the big picture, it's going to bite you in the ass. So Gord going into round two, uh, who are the guys that you think need to step up uh, and, and add more depth and, and balance that territorial uh, uh, field that uh, at times was tilted in the wrong direction in the first round? Yeah, well, I, 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 really, I really look at it the whole team in the start of the game just because there's a couple you kind of said like, you know, uh, game one, you go, are you, are you serious? You know, kind of, and I think also after that, that 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 Sheldon Keefe, we talked about that line shift ten seconds into it. Like I think, just hey, let the big guns go out there, get a shift. Let the uh, let the other team be obsessed about matching lines. I understand there's a part to it, but if you think you got the better talent, don't have them focusing on that particular part. And also, when you could could have clinched in game five, just you know that. So I mean, that's really on that's really on everybody. I think a neat part was. Okay, game six, getting Michael Bunting back in the lineup, getting the two other D in the lineup. Let's face it, Justin Hall and Mark Giordano had a tough playoff if you had to, you know, grade the first round. And so you've got some more variables to, to you know, to, to toy with. What And, you know, guys like Lafferty and Acherry uh, didn't, uh, or guys like that didn't really play all that bad as far as, you know, looking at Lafferty being an, you know, and, and you look at, at Reese and that being, being healthy scratches, Aston Reese being healthy scratches. But now you put more variables in there. And Matthew Nice, man, he's, and I, and I think the three of us discussed it, that you can't count on this player to be a big player. But wow, he's really wowed me. I'm not talking like superstar. I just mean he, he's he's a he's a top two line player. He can play on the top two lines in the playoffs. The the, the single most important play might be the the goal he prevented. At the time, you thought it was a nondescript nothing play because they were down by three, and that ultimately could be the game changer in the series. So I do like you know Kippy to your point that there's more things Sheldon Keefe can do if he's not happy about the particular mix. You know, it's not like waiting until game seven to put your goaltender in like Boston did. You got a few other things in the flow that if you're not happy about, you know, I thought St. Louis did a great job with that Craig Berube the year they won the cup that every now and then he just would tweak it a little bit uh, along the way. And I I think that's a a positive for Sheldon Keefe, uh, feeling that good vibe with the Leafs. I thought that once Bunting went back in, it was very evident what fresh legs looked like, like seeing someone with a little bit of pop. And I thought uh, Timothy Lilligren was one of those guys that, you know, it's a tough series and you see someone come in young and fresh and all of a sudden can skate it. It it makes a visible difference. Do you think they continue forward with Justin Hall on the outside and maybe Lilligren gets to start the next series? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so, and that and that's not an indictment on Justin Hall. That's just the you know, and ju- just and, and you got you know rested and young 
and motivated and enthused. Like you want to know how's the player going to respond, right, to getting that opportunity. And that the the neat part to your point is, you know, it was a tough one goal game. It was a close two one game, and he really, you know, fit in well. So he didn't look out of place and looked like they wanted to play. So uh, I I would think right now you know, just based on you gotta you gotta be a lot of a bench coach in this. You gotta go by feel, and you know you look at look at this Boston Bruin team. I mean, I, I don't think they lost three in a row all season. Like I mean, this team that played in Game Seven that looked nervous. 82 games, they just went out and kicked butt all the time. You know, playoffs does funny things, and you got to find ways if the trend is going the wrong way because you're playing that same team again the next night or two away, right? You don't get a Anaheim or a Chicago or a, an easy trip somewhere like that, and, and you you got to try to be on top, have that feel about who to put in. And for me personally, a, a shout-out to Michael Bunting because I, I'm right from the moment I, I saw this guy, I, I saw – his ability to go out there and create, but then all of a sudden it turned into a negative with uh, the drawing of the penalties, mm-hmm. uh, the head snapping back, the the long looks to the officials, the the needing 30 seconds to get up off of one knee to another. None of it right. in game six. Right. Clean. And skated, played, like was effective. Didn't turn himself into any sideshow. It was all about the team and that energy that you just spoke of through his skating, his forechecking, I thought he did a terrific job. Yeah, and that, and that wasn't easy, Kippy and, and Justin. You're right. And, and and I like as well, again, when I talk about all the baggage that's being shed right now, like all all these particular and, – and, and to me, the biggest one on this team was the whatever 0-10 or whatever it was in deciding games. I mean, all those things. But Michael Bunting – could have been a mini Nazem Kadri situation again had it ended like that. Had he not got back in the lineup, it would have been kind of a you know and like kind of like Mark Shifley did that one series uh, uh, when when he when he ran the Montreal Canadian player right you know just so in this case he gets to get back and he gets to play exactly that kind of game you're talking about the very best of Michael Bunting and there's more games down the road so uh, he was he was a yeah you're, he was one of the fresh legs you alluded to Justin but uh, uh, that that was not an easy role because he likes to play on the edge and he was able to get the right edge for game number six last thought for me just john Tavares scores the ot winner he's the captain of the team took a lot of heat you know at times because he gets paid a lot whatever pretty cool to see him get it eh yeah it really is and and again you know the last part unfortunately with the cap world is it's always that number like nobody really it's 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 the 11 million and you know that that's if you want to call it unfairness to it whatever the word you want to have i mean I mean, this is a guy that by coming to Toronto, uh, he legitimized about, you know, being a destination that Steven Stamkos and others maybe had considered, but at the end chose not to come to in the prime of their career. So I, I'm with you. I was really, I was well thrilled to see that because I just think he's character guy, lower key guy. Um, you start saying, okay, if, if they don't start having playoff success, what he says, he starts to take on the monotone persona of Dion Phaneuf, another guy that I liked, but you got tired hearing his stuff afterwards because he was speaking for a team back then that just didn't have regular season success. And again, you know, John Tavares to talk again if they lack playoff success as the captain would be hard to take. So I like that he didn't have to talk about that. He could exude all the positives uh, off the ice, just like he, his very positive play on the ice. One last one here, Gord, real quick here. Uh, very fast turnaround for the Leafs. I, I, and they, they play tomorrow. They, they stayed. <laughs> right. They stayed overnight in Tampa. Did they? Yeah, that's what I heard. And 
Of course, Florida coming off in an emotional win. I mean, who, who's got the, the mojo at puck drop Tuesday night? Yeah, I was just talking to uh, our good friend Ed Jovanovsky about that earlier, trying to figure out from the Florida Panthers' point of view. So, I mean, like... You're, you, are, you, uh, are you totally spent if you're the Florida Panthers? You didn't get a chance to go home, so you go right on to Toronto. Uh, or is the momentum going to work in your favor that you won three in a row? And, uh, you know, whereas the Leafs, you know, when I say just won one, won a big one. So I'm, I'm interested about that. I still think, hey, Florida's not going to be an easy touch, but I think the Leafs being on home ice, even though it's been a road, sweet road <laughs> playoff so far, and just getting the, the extra day of rest, um, I believe should be a positive, but we'll see tomorrow because both teams, you know, fueled probably, they probably didn't have to put any fuel in the plane. They could have just flown back themselves. I think uh, both teams are so jacked, both some, I don't know about the Leafs so much as uh, a surprise, but just a, a pleasant way to win a game. So I'm hoping it's a real good game, game one. You know, I'm hoping it's not one that 15 minutes, you got Florida up three, nothing, or, or even Toronto up four, nothing. You know, I, 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 I like, that's what I liked about game six. It was a bit more of a traditional playoff battle, but you got. Uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see. Like, is one of like is Florida is 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 Florida emotionally spent? Um, the Leafs are, are they kind of slow off the mark? Uh, I I hope they both come out fighting. All right, Gord, we're just warming up. Toronto yep. hockey get, in May. You you okay yeah. with that? We'll get the weather. Yeah, let's get the May weather. But you're right. It's just fun, and you hear the horns honking, and you see everyone wearing stuff to schools. And, you know, I, I, I think I, – I just had a quick – I remember about 19 – 20 years ago when they used to be in the second round, and Lisa was out once, and she just said there was like a, a ten, couple of 10-year-old kids waving leaf flags right before the game, and everyone's honking, everything's great. And then she came back an hour later, and the game was well on, but they were still the corner doing that because it was so much fun, right? You know, just, just <laughs> that kind of uh, fun in the city. And we got it with the Raptors a few years ago. Uh, I got a good feeling this year. All right, Gord. Enjoy, uh, enjoy tomorrow night. Uh, it all gets started. Thanks for doing this. You guys, any more junk you want to put in? The truck's leaving now. We okay? <laughs> we're all set, I think. Okay. okay. Let's Back take up. Sammy Back with up. You. <laughs> Hold on. Here he goes. This is Gord Stellick. Okay, back up here. This is Gord Stellick backing up right now. Yeah. This okay, drops watch. need to be like three do, beeps less. Do, do, it's a long you got a big, Hey, do you got a big triangle on your ass right now? <laughs> I just, hey, watch, watch, watch my, watch my Duffer and Mazda CX-9 there, okay? Be careful. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay, just. <laughs> All right, Gord Stellick, yeah. Leaf Nation, pre and post. We got, we got two weeks of that at least, maybe oh, longer. I love that, man. Oh, he's a lot of fun. Love that. Man. He's a lot of fun. So it's interesting. Like it's such a quick turnaround here. Yeah, crazy. You know, way better. Like, if I'm not mistaken, the Leafs probably went down for Game Six, and they had to pack for two games in Boston. Yeah, I think they you're, you're I don't right. think they they were, I don't right think there. there would have been enough time to come home. So, just like that, not only did you overpack, but going now right home, you're 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 going home to open up. At home, which again, it's a it's a quick turnaround for everything. The building, uh, the people that work there, everybody was expecting yeah. a Boston game one. Yeah, you know maybe it's because I'm an alcoholic. But my first thought was like, God, I hope the Leafs didn't party after that game. Like, oh, it's they did tight, right? Like, I mean, you're you're yeah, a couple days before game just one. Tell it's really hard to avoid. <laughs> well, okay. I know. I think <laughs> really, really hard to. I think it would be nice for them, like if they were playing Boston, which is not 
necessarily nice, but just to have that first one on the road where you can go in and you can lose that first one. You're like, ah, we'll get them the next one. We'll get that split. Getting all hammered and coming home and having to win the first one right rip like out of a team that just... 48 hours later. Like, they'll skate today, obviously. Yeah, they, but they, don't, today, they didn't skate yesterday. Yeah. I you have get to... one skate, one sleep in your own bed. I guess we'll, we'll get into this more after we talk to Haggerty, but quickly. The swing in road games for the Leafs versus Boston and Tampa in terms of fear is... You can't even imagine. Right. Like, the difference in going into I, the TD Garden versus yeah. whatever the hell the Panthers arena is called. is FloridaRink.com. I don't know. God, we'll get difference. into this more, but uh, yeah. I'm sorry. All bets are off. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. All, all bets but, are off. They're just right? the ghosts in that other building. We talk about yes, demons. I know. There's some demons floating around that place. So, we'll see. Also, there's the ticket thing to talk yeah. about. We got yeah, yeah. Florida stuff to discuss. And we'll... We'll get into it with our next guest, Joe Haggerty, uh, on why the Leafs aren't going to Boston to open up yes. game one in the second round. More of that with Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. to go through two hours and not talk Boston Bruins. Yeah. What did they lose all season? Seven games? Felt like it. It sounds about right. Maybe, yeah. And three in this opening series. After winning, yeah. The, man, I don't know. It's, At it's home. baffling, honestly. At home, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Joe Haggerty, do we have him, Sammy? All right. Joe, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate hey. it. Uh no problem, no problem. I don't I don't know where to start. I just mentioned uh the amazing season that they uh that the Bruins had and what's it feel like waking up to a team that's uh knocked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, I'm sure for them it's the worst feeling in the world. I know my son and my wife uh, had tickets last night and uh my son's a 9-year-old uh hockey player for the Junior Bruins, a great little player. He loves hockey. He was absolutely heartbroken and stunned. My wife said he was uh stone silent uh, from the time they lost and the entire ride home. I think he was shocked. So I think there was probably a lot of that going on with the fan base, uh, with the players, certainly. Uh, I know uh, Jim Montgomery called it stupefying last night. He was bringing out the uh, thesaurus to try to describe uh, what they were feeling. Uh, but, I, you know, obviously all negative uh, feelings. Uh, one of the biggest uh, disappointments and choke jobs uh, in Boston sports history, I think, just given the expectations and the way they lost in game seven, uh, having a three to two lead in the final minute of the game. And I, I heard you say earlier, you know, uh, what jokingly saying, what did they lose seven times this year? I'm sure it was something like that, but uh, don't forget two of those losses during the regular season were to the Florida Panthers. This was a team that, uh, you know, nobody expected them to lose to them in the playoffs in the first round, but this was a team that gave them trouble uh, during the regular season. This was this and the Ottawa senators were probably the two teams they had the hardest times with. Uh, during the regular season and uh, poetic as it is in sports they ended up playing them in the first round of the playoffs so eggs how do you do a power ranking of kind of what went wrong for this team obviously uh, when you're considerably <laughs> more talented um it's not just one thing i know but you know how do you kind of prioritize what, what are the main issue or two that that kind of didn't come through for them i mean there's there's so much meat on the bone when you're looking at 
you know, what went wrong. There's, you know, the simple, their best players were not nearly as good as Florida's best players. Matthew Kachuk, uh, Carter Verhage, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Montour, uh, Bobrovsky was obviously really good in net. Um, you go down the list, there was like four or five, six Florida Panthers guys that absolutely shone in this first round series with Kachuk being the driving dominant force. Uh, and Sam Bennett, I would throw him in there too. And, and there were, uh, you know, not enough Bruins players, especially their best players that stepped up and played their best hockey. And that's one. Uh, there's the injury to, to Patrice Berger on the herniated disc and, you know, him obviously wanting to come back and contribute and come back uh, for game five after playing in a meaningless a game 82 in Montreal where he suffered the injury. Uh, and then he comes back into a series they're leading three to one is a minus six in the three games that he played and the whole series turns and they end up losing, you know, is it, was it the right call or the wrong call uh, for him to come back in and play injured it, it, with all due credit for him playing through, I'm sure, which was what was a super painful injury. But uh, there's that there's Linus Allmark and uh, the coaching decision waiting way too long, which we're finding out now. And it was obvious watching him that uh, there was a health issue going on and he was injured waiting too long to pull the trigger on and pull him once again in game five. Uh, I think it was a fairly easy call. And I remember asking Jim Montgomery about it. I thought that was a great place to put Jeremy Swayman in the series when Allmark was looking uncharacteristic in some of the things that he was doing. And they had gone with a goalie rotation every other game all year long. That's the time to go with Jeremy Swayman when you're up three to one in the series if he's not great, you lose that game, whatever, you still have two cracks at it to beat the Florida Panthers, and you get some rest for Linus Allmark, who looked like he desperately needed it, either because of injury uh, or fatigue. Uh, you know, they jumbled up all the line combinations. Play, forwards were playing with other guys they hadn't played with all year in Game 5. There's a lot of weird things that happen in Game 5, coaching decision-wise, that I think is also an issue. Um, you know, go down the list. Uh, the Bruins, I think, looked old uh, in this series. Brad Marchian, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, all well over 30 years old. All the Florida Panthers players that I reeled off that had great series, you know, in their mid to late 20s. And I think in the playoffs, that matters as far as having young legs and, and you know, fresh uh, young players that can handle a two-month grind like the playoffs. So, you know, there's a lot to pick out. Obviously, the defense, they, they couldn't handle Florida's breakout and kept turning the puck over. And everybody, I think, outside of Charlie McAvoy did not look good, especially Hampus Lindholm. He strug- I don't think he had a point in the series. He struggled very badly in these playoffs and has not played well in the playoffs the last two years since he came to Boston. So uh, there's a lot to look at and pick at. I haven't even, I'm just getting warmed up right now, but that's a few to get you guys to uh, get the ball rolling. He writes for the Boston uh, Hockey Now. Uh, we're speaking to Joe Haggerty, uh, Bruins writer. So I'm, I'm watching, and the few times I do text my, my guys here, uh, JB and, and Sammy, on a number of occasions, I'm like, the Bruins are going to give this away. And yep. just the blatant giveaways and the, and the turnovers, I mean, how much credit goes to the Florida Panthers or, or is this basically going to look up, be looked upon as Boston completely giving this away? We didn't see signs of this, Joe, all season long. And that in itself is the question of not enough adversity uh, to be ready. Yeah, and, and I think it was obvious in the first couple of games uh, that they weren't ready to start the playoffs like the Panthers were, who had been basically playing under pre- playoff pressure, you know, from the All-Star break on, you know, All-Star weekend on. 
you could see it took a couple of games for the Bruins to really get acclimated and get up to the speed and intensity uh, that the Florida Fortune was throwing at their defensemen as they continuously, time after time, were giving up pucks and throwing pucks towards the middle of the ice uh, as they're breaking it out of the zone and kept handing it over to the Panthers in the worst part of the ice that you could possibly hand it to somebody when they were under pressure. And, you know, part of it was obviously defensemen. Part of it was uh, the, the forwards not helping them out and, and at times slowing down the four checkers. Um, you know, they were not working as a five-man unit with any of that stuff, uh, and, and that was a big-time problem. Uh, you know, not going with Matt Grizzlick to start the series is one of your best puck movers and go with, with Connor Clifton, who struggled mightily. And then, you know, Grizzlick was okay. He wasn't horrible in the games that he played. He was fine. Certainly, you didn't kill them with mistakes. And then you take him out and you put in Connor Clifton. Uh, and I think it was game six, and he was a disaster uh, and, and continued to show the lack of poison composure that he showed earlier in the series. Yet another, you know, coaching lineup decision mistake. Uh, but, but your point overall is that uh, I give a lot of credit to Florida and their plan and the way they were going to attack them with the forecheck and how relentless they were. And it impacted the, the Bruins defensemen. It turned them into a mistake-prone unit that kept throwing pucks up the ice and giving pucks back up to the Florida Panthers in really bad spots. And on top of that, the Bruins were losing a ton of board battles. They looked soft on their sticks, like trying to get the puck out of the defensive zone, just make simple plays to get it out. You know, Florida, the Florida Panthers were winning a ton more battles, just one-on-one puck battles than the Bruins were throughout the series. And, you know, there, was, there were reasons why the Bruins ended up pushing it to seven games, right? They, their power play was outstanding. Uh, Taylor Hall was very good in this series. I thought Charlie McAvoy was inconsistent but had, you know, some really good moments. They had some individual players. Uh, Pasternak, towards the end of the series, really started to get going. Uh, Marchand was producing and, and coming up with big plays at the beginning of the series and then looked, I thought, worse as the series went on. Um, you know, there were some players that had decent performances in the series, but I give full credit to Florida uh, for turning them into a team uh, that looked far from the, the greatest regular season team in the NHL history. And part of that is, you know, the playoffs are different than the regular season. We all know this. It's a different tenor. It's more physical. It's faster. All that's more intense. But I think it's also that the Florida Panthers are now your typical eight seed. This is the President's Trophy winner from last year. Uh, that we're going through injuries all year, and it looks like they're getting healthy at the exact right time. And I think this is going to be a tough matchup for anybody in the playoffs, given the way that they're playing and the talent that's on that roster. Well, we'll continue to watch the fallout of the Boston Bruins uh, knocked out of this first round. Hey, Joe, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. You got it, guys, anytime. Thanks so much. Joe Haggerty, Boston Hockey Now. And sure looked like a, a retirement exit for Patrice Bergeron last night. It, yeah. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, I know he did something similar the year before, but he got a herniated disc in his back. He's His body's been through the ringer. He's someone who's made it clear that he wasn't even sure about this year. He was so unlike Patrice. He yeah. couldn't make plays. No, and that's, you know, you don't want to watch that. When, he doesn't when, want to play like that. When, when he's humming with Marchand, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It is. I believe you would say perfection. You know, they, that, they those guys have been a perfect line. They're they were a perfect team all year, fellas. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't want a perfect team. No, no flaws. Okay. Perfect. I although I, we did can, say Allmark, we did call the goaltending as a risk. Can I just talk to you guys about the Bruins, the Chokers? <laughs> Tampa, Boston. Tampa's this is just a, a dream. But 
It's a dream we day. Brought popcorn. I'm thrilled. They got the they got the they got the cup in 2010, which every Canadian hockey fan outside of Vancouver will always thank them for. Yeah, it was 2011. Ma- yeah, 2010, 2011. It was a massive moment to not let Vancouver win that cup, which I'll always be in debt to them for. <laughs> but you look at 2010; they are up three nothing in a series against the Philadelphia Flyers. They go to Game Seven. They go up Game Three in Game Seven. And blow that game and lose that series. They blow a game seven on home ice against the St. Louis Blues. They blow a game six on home ice in the finals, both of these, against the Chicago Blackhawks in the last minute. David Bowen scores two goals. They lose to the Islanders on home ice in a game seven. This I can't core, even remember what I had for breakfast. This, this core has got it. This Rolling core has had some really, really bad chokes. And if they didn't have that 2011 cup, which it's a cup, you can't take it away from them. I'd kill for one cup from this Leafs core ever, so I can't. But they really, really are saved by getting that cup early in their tenure or else they'd be looked upon as the biggest failure franchise. You're not wrong. They've had a lot of bad ones, fellas. Yeah, that game seven against St. Louis, you know, at home. you lose five, nothing. Yeah, it was not. It was four or something. Yeah, it was not. Like there have been a lot of bad ones. And this is legitimately the worst choke in NHL history. I mean, statistically, yes. I got to say Tampa Bay losing to Columbus round one that year felt much worse. It's the, uh, from Sportsnet stats that the 43-point differential between the Panthers and Bruins represents the largest upset in Stanley Cup history before a best-of-seven series. A best-of-five yeah, was the monarch, the miracle, and what is it? Manchester, yeah. the the Kings and Oilers. Yeah. But to be up 3-1. I can't imagine, like, and we've, we've seen it and witnessed it, uh, the last few years on the on the hate of Matthews, Marner, yeah, Tavares, Neilander, they went uh, like they got beat up bad the last few years. Sure. This time of year, yeah. huge. I can't imagine what it, it would be like in Boston right now mm-hmm. for those guys. You know, fascinating. You know, they go into that game uh, game seven against Florida. Nick Foligno doesn't even dress. Healthy scratch in game seven. Clifton's out. They they pull the guys about to win the Vesna Trophy sits on the bench and they put Swayman in who sat six straight games. I I mean I don't blame them for making the decision. Make it earlier. Hags nailed it. Like you yeah. had a perfect opportunity. If your goalie's that hurt, like I know he's the front runner for the Vesna and all that. But if he like the the reports coming out, there hasn't been a confirmed, but it's a debilitating injury. If you have this backup that you you guys are like oh it's a one a one b you've been switching them back and forth all year. It's an obvious spot, and I don't think, like, outside of the goal that goes in to tie the game, I didn't think Swayman was bad last I night. I thought the game 10 goal was brutal. It I was bad. Not I, I, for I sure, but other, I, outside of that. Montour got some good wood on it, yeah. but it went through him, did it yeah, not? slow, kind of like he's just leaving and, this weird pocket. He's kind of caught. And you know why you he's gotta doing it? you got to come out more. you got to right. seal it and come out more. Did you and see if what he happened? beats you, he beats you on the far side. There's right. nothing you can do. back on the goal line. Did you see what happened right before it goes in? He's no. out, oh, yeah. he's he out, out and he pushes he's Kachuk. A, he's out on top of the blue trying to push Kachuk away. Scrambles back, doesn't get to his post in time. Not your job to clear that guy. Don't even worry about him. So, uh, you know, uh, go back to Ryan O'Reilly's overtime goal mm-hmm. in, in Tampa. Yep. Morgan Riley? No. Uh, oh, the time game tying goal. Game tying yeah, yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Go watch Vasilevsky worry about Austin Matthews on the far side. Really? He's cheating. Tons of respect oh. that, that left him deep. Yeah. And... 
not sealed up. Yeah, I guess you don't really know what's going through a goalie's head. Like we talked about the uh, the Samsonov bad goal in Asimont where he's like thinking about other things but the shot he's facing. I think that was a good trade for the Bolts, by the way, to get One Asimont. Interesting, like Asimont. Yeah. One interesting thing that I, I found, uh, I don't know if you listened to uh, Jim Montgomery, head coach of Boston, talk about uh, in his presser. Much, no. We have three clips all melted together of Marchand, Bergeron, and Jim Montgomery. All right, play those. Hear. Yeah, okay. And we'll come out. Great. About 30 seconds. Great. We obviously expected much different results this year in the series, and you know, unfortunately that didn't happen. This one's going to hurt for a long time. It hurts, you know. It's that's what it is. You know, you you compete hard and you battle all year for um, for that. So it's it's hard. I guess the words that come to mind right now is disappointment. Um, confusion and then I would say the other part is, is if you start looking at the season like it, it was an honor to coach that group confusion I, I lo- <laughs> yeah I, I would avoid that word if I were the coach you're the head coach yeah. you know what I found That's stunning you know what I found really weird he was asked about starting Swayman and then he he went into a, I think a, a normal answer saying that uh, we just thought he was going to give us the best chance tonight, and then for some reason, he says you're going to have to ask goalie Bob Asenza, who's the goalie coach, a little more in detail about it. What? And I'm like, don't throw him under the bus. You're the coach. Yeah. Like, first of all, no goalie coach is ever available. To the media. Ever. That I know. I've never heard. And if 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 Bob Asenza was available all season long, then that's legit. But I don't think that's the case. And I especially don't think that's the case in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So for him to volunteer that invitation to go ask Bob Asenza about a goaltending start to me is nuts. Mm-hmm. What do, what do you think then? The implication, kind of passing the buck on maybe the decision came from not him to that's how the they used their only thing I can think of. Yeah, is that he's going. I wanted to play the other guy. I I, I wanted to go with my other guy. Uh, you know, go ask Bob. Yeah. What about Bob? Funny because the Bruins have had unbelievable goaltending, and Essence has been there for as long as I can remember. He's had a ton of success there. I didn't put. Well, maybe I do put it in, but. I put it into that Rick Bonus whole thing of like, I get Rick Bonus, he's upset and he, he he wants to take a piece of skin off of somebody. He wanted to take it off his star players. But even Montgomery there. Just go down with the ship. Okay? Yeah, I agree. Come on. It's yep. over. Love Montgomery. It's sunk. Don't be looking for a life raft. Mm-hmm. When the when the everybody else is going down, okay, you you are the head coach. Yeah, don't tell me Bob Asenza. Tell me you. I've sat in there and seen like you know Sheldon Keith the the power play is being run this way whatever, and you get into a game or whatever, and he goes, "We're not doing that." I'm sorry to the guy running the power play. Here's what we're doing. The head coach can override anything. Of course. You know, so if you, you got to agree with the decision, and if you don't, then you got to say so and make the change. So I agree with you, Kip. That's, you and even you- Rick Bonus, if, if, and I don't know if you caught um, Blake Wheeler's comments. I did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, I disagree. 
Yeah. Didn't need to be such a Yeah, leader. and I I'm not was not a Blake Wheeler fan listening to that either. No. You know, the the gutsy thing would have said is We deserved it. Rick's right. Yeah. That's all he had to say. We gotta be better. Was Rick is right. I just wish he would have come to us first. Yeah. And then said, Listen, I'm going to the press, I'm telling the same thing I just told you. Yeah. That would have been okay. So yeah, little little blame to go around for everybody. Well, there. I think I think a lot of the reason with Blake Wheeler, well, he's had some disagreements with coaches is probably the reason he went out and said what he did. I right? think that's fair. That's fair. It's reflective of part of the issue, perhaps. So, just I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match? Me, you and I. Yeah. So just who said that? I don't, so oh, that's, that's Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. That's Blake Wheeler. Is he in that in that presser? No, just, no this is a while ago. Oh, okay, this yeah. was after actually Jim Matheson's pissy comment. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to close on the Bruins. If, we're okay. Oh, okay. Last thing. I'm getting a few comments in the YouTube chat. Being like, well, the Leafs blew a 3-1 seriously. They sure as hell did. But they haven't blown a 3-0 and a 3-1. So. Yeah. And the Leafs, back in the day, back when uh, my dad was five, came back from 3 nothing against the Red Wings. So There's that. there you go. First right. team ever to do it. Bye-bye, bees. Bye-bye, Bergeron. You know he's going to think of something else in the next five yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's coming up. About Tampa or Boston. Trust, trust tree time here, fellas. Yeah. Just us talking. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wishes it was the Bruins. In the next round? Yeah. I missed that. Part of him wishes it was the Bruins. And can you explain why? It's Payback. just it's it's a whole exercise the demons thing. It's you know, it's the narratives. It's the yeah. it's just fun. It's maybe maybe they'll lose, it's not as fun. You you don't exercise the demons. But having a chance to do that would have been fun. I'm fine with the cats. Can I, can I tell you my thought on that? Don't care. Nope. I'm not sure that Florida's worse than Boston. Yes. Florida is quite good. And I liked a lot of their... And it was a weird feeling watching that game because, you know, naturally you're cheering for the Cats a little bit. But you're watching them play and they're like, God, they're kind of better. It's like, are, yeah. are you sure I want this? Like, I don't know. I know. It's probably overthinking it, but hey. we can get into this. Tomorrow. Yeah. We're, well, tomorrow, trust me, we got yeah, two solid Florida hours today. to tee up game one. Uh, but there's no question Florida deserved to win. Game Florida seven presents some challenges for the Leafs, and oh, I can't it, wait to talk about them. Is Not, it they're uh, trying to block out the Leafs? What's that? They're trying to block out the, block Leafs, out the Leafs from buying tickets. Yeah, I, what do you think of that, Kip? No, the, it's it's really funny that they schedule the game against the Leafs on March break so that they can get all the Leaf fans there and make some money. And then the second they play does, them in the playoff series, they're like, "Oh, we don't want your money that keeps us afloat." <laughs> does nothing. It just all it does Isn't that is common? take Toronto fans. And and Ooh. squeeze a little bit more money out of them. Yeah, just send it to the secondary market. Because that's, that's yeah, they just got to go to the secondary yeah. market and buy up all the tickets, which they will. If you live in Florida, buy as many Listen, as you can. You're going to get paid. It's not that popular down there. No. Okay. Full stop. There's, yeah, they, there's a ton of tickets. Yeah. What's their What's their seating capacity? Eighteen thousand. Imagine I knew that. What's their What's their rent called? I, that's terrible. I don't, I don't know. know. Florida. How, how many hockey places? How many season fork. tickets? holders would have access it's, to playoff tickets it's called it's called fl f a l oh my god words fla live arena okay for sure so <laughs> the commitment yeah the commitment to season ticket holders would be what four thousand that low i, I don't it's know ni- I, it's nineteen thousand two hundred fifty. I, I can't imagine they have more than five or six thousand yeah. season tickets yeah that means that that the rest have to be sold yeah. Publicly, and they're getting sold. And guess who's I would, buying them? I would imagine the Florida, many fans in Florida, and then outside with the U.S. address, and then they're flipping them over to the league oh, fans. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, I mean you, me, Sam. We all probably know oh. someone in the U.S. who could grab them. And but it's but it's not an address. It's an American credit card. That yeah, you, you should need to oh, know. Is it? Yes. I thought it was a U.S. No, resident. No, it's, uh, it's the it's American credit okay. card. Okay. Yeah, you just need to know someone in the U.S. Yeah. Essentially, where do you know an American? I do know multiple. <laughs> right? How many season like so? Game one and game two here in Toronto. Season ticket holders got to be up around here, fourteen thousand. Can they? Yeah, they can't so, sell. There's Leafs? more than that. I mean, like season tickets. Like there's got to be a I limit. I, on I how don't many know what the, Yeah, I don't have, know yeah. whether or not they just save enough to go to the public. Yeah. But if whatever's out there now for game one and game two, um, you know, it'd be minimal for mm-hmm. for MLS to uh, release tickets. Yeah, which already, is kind of interesting too because everybody factored that they were going to save up for game three and four against Boston. Mm-hmm. And now the turnarounds to go buy tickets in the secondary market on right. Tuesday and Thursday. And now people are like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go <laughs> shell out a thousand dollars. It's interesting. Well, yeah, it is for sure. Like Boston's it, not the same draw, but if you win this series, who boy, mean, I mean, Florida's not the same draw. Is right. It? Yeah. But it's like, it's a Tuesday night in November against the Florida Panthers is legitimately the cheapest ticket you can get yeah. for the Leafs. So it's a little different. I, I already got a couple buddies going to Florida, talking about. It's got to be at least forty percent Leaf fans. Oh, listen, even do they not have uh, this weekend? So it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday? Saturday night in yeah. Florida. Okay, Bye. isn't there a F one going there on? There is in the Miami? Grand Prix there this oh, weekend. Oh my! Think God. about a Toronto weekend. Take the sticks, golf, and beach, hockey, F1. Come on. Who's Boys? not going to be in uh, Kipper, how many, you want to get my, my flight for me, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll join live from the show, I well, promise. Well, you know what? Our broadcast team, radio, is going to be there live Love and in it. person. Maybe Love they'll send it. us. That's uh, MLSE. Just put out a release, didn't they? Joe Bone, Bowen. Yeah. Bonesy, Ralphie, they will be in the building that for is Game 3 awesome in Florida. News. Those guys That's are going to be capital C celebs down there. <laughs> Walking around, Joe Bowen, Jim Ralph, they're going to get stopped. Oh yeah. my God, they're good. If they win a couple games down there, I don't think Bonesy and Ralph are buying any beers at the bar afterwards. <laughs> Let's just say that. No word if they'll actually get um, uh, plain seats or they'll just be stuffed in the overhead compartment. <laughs> but we are really happy they are going on the road. Hell yeah, it's the best. That's great, good stuff. Yep, the right call. All right. Um, there's some NHL news going on here, guys. Oh, my God. Like, uh, huge news. Uh, the Snoop D-O-double-G? Colorado uh, lost. I'm going Calgary. Oh, you don't want right. to go Snoop D-O-double-G? No. No. <laughs> not as... Snoop buying the Ottawa Senators is not as That's big... That's Mad Libs. That's Mad Libs. That's two random <laughs> items pulled together. Snoop Dogg and the Senators. Uh, a, little bir- <laughs> a little birdie told me that uh, Snoop Dogg once said that the best weed in the world is Ontario, so... Maybe that's why he's buying the sense. <laughs> Surprised Daryl Sutter relieved of his duties in Calgary? Yes and no. His extension doesn't kick in yet or hasn't kicked oh in yet. God, which really? is two years. Eight million dollars. And they're just going to say, here's the money. They had no choice. Yeah, no choice. No choice. As in the players were not going to hockey for the hockey man behind uh, the bench. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, Don Maloney goes in as a, a president of hockey operations, gets his uh, gets his research, research mm. and uh, interviews everybody, and apparently came up to the conclusion that untenable. Yes, 
that uh, it's going to be tough to move forward with Daryl Sutter. I don't care how much money you have. That's it. Well, I guess it does make a difference. That's a tough bill, though, to be like, yeah, I'll just eat that eight million. Now pay someone else an additional three million. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. No, I mean, no sympathy for the oil baron that owns them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, that he's got that under his couch cushion. Right. Yeah. What do you do though? Like, I, the, people are are now wondering whether or not Craig Conroy, former player for sure, is. Uh, in a position to take the general manager's job, or is it too veteran that team for him to go in there and, learn. and try to win now? Yeah. My gut is that it's tough, right, to never have done the job before. And, you know, you got to kind of make it happen immediately given the ages of your guys and all that. That's a tough spot to put Conroy in. I'm sure if you're Conroy, you're like, uh, let me try. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, and you think they'll they'll just take the simple answer, let Conroy hire someone with Maloney? And well, there's a lot of factors here, and one of them you just mentioned is that you got to stroke a big check to Daryl Sutter. You ready to stroke a big check for a veteran like coach Joel right Quindle now? Going to come coach the Calgary Flames? By the way, I just pulled a name out of a hat there. That's not news, a story, or anything. But like, do you know, I what wrote I mean? about it. Did you Thursday? You mentioned Quenville? It was in that, Kipper, it was in Kipper's little corner. Yeah. Oh, but just not for the Flames. That just he's wants to coach. Oh, no, again. no. Te- teams are asking about his availability, and so I'm sure he's. It would have to go through Batman. the through Gary Bettman in the league office, but they're they'd like to know if there's a chance that he could come back, and I would bet you Calgary would be all over them, depending on what happens in New in New York tonight. Holy Kipper, you're popular, yeah. there, buddy. What, depending on what happens in New York tonight, I think I think Gerard Gallant might be playing for his job tonight. I don't hmm. think it'd be hard not to be, wouldn't it? With all the stuff they did at with that all deadline. With due respect to Gerard Gallant, there's like three good teams in a row. He's not going to get over the hump, and he's going to immediately get rehired. And you think about the ownership in uh, New York, who literally blew up the entire franchise because of Tom Wilson. Like I don't think they're afraid to make moves with the yeah. coaching staff. So. Uh, speaking of a record that may be broken tonight, uh, Chris uh, Kreider has got five playoff goals in a series. A friend of mine, Chris Contos, holds the record for six playoff goals in a series versus Edmonton. And uh, we'll see if... Uh, what, six is the record for goals? Six Power play goals in a series. Did I not say that? Sorry. Uh, Maybe you didn't. I just don't listen. Six power play goals in a series. Wow. That's that's a big number. I mean, he is the only guy. I saw some uh, advanced analytics today that say that, that, you know, they can't get to the front of the net, and Chris Kreider is the only damn guy who can, and he's having success. How about your buddy Chris Conto's stat line in the playoffs? I think he had nine that, that, that playoff. He said he played 20 career playoff games, 11 goals, zero assists. Just shooting in the net, Chris. <laughs> yeah, he's good around the net. <laughs> I love that. That's a great stat That is line. impressive. Yeah. So, Who's got all, like, is, are, the, are the Devils not playing with house money right now? Yeah, and they like, got Shakira in net again tonight. So Shakira? They, yeah. Shakira Schmid. Yeah. Who wasn't very good last game? No, he's bad. The Rangers can't create a damn thing, though. Like, I'm surprised that offense has been so... I know they got the win the other night, but they they haven't created a ton. I expect better from them. They're the underdogs tonight by betting odds. I like the Rangers. 
I, the Rangers, to me, are like a really legitimate cup threat. And this is a big night for them because they'd get Carolina next, who's missing Teravinen, Svechnikov, Pacioretty. I love their odds in that series with the best goalie. You know, it's... God, you just wonder with... Uh, ESPN is wanting the Rangers. Oh, they're like, come on. Freaky Friday where, like, you know, Vasilevsky gets outplayed and Shesterkin tonight. Like, you'd think it's a yeah. foregone conclusion that this guy's just going to come in tonight and shut the door, but paid attention to the playoffs lately. And yeah. what's the record now of road teams? Above 500. Way above 500. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Killing it. Might be like eight or ten games over 500. Come on, are, Sammy. Are you, it up. are you able to uh, comment on ownership situation in Ottawa or what? Like what? What know. do you want to know? I don't know. You buying a team or what? <laughs> <laughs> you in Snoop Dogg? See my, are you in the Snoop package? I got like a rabbit ears <laughs> for pockets. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, like that, they're talking about this Snoop Dogg ownership group. The, what, what I read about it today is the, the line was, they're not going to balk at the billion dollar price tag. And I was like, why not? Why are they not balking? It's the Senators, a billion dollars. It's a lot of money. It's U.S. And you need a new ring still? A billion. What are the Leafs worth? Way out of my league. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can hang on in some way. Uh, It's, there's only so many of these teams around. Once you get uh, a few guys with some deep pockets, now it's, gets a little emotional, I think, right? Yeah, I think that's part of it too, right? It's like you want to own one of these things. You're a rich, cool guy. You want to own a sports team. Hey, JJ Watt just you know what, bought in on Burnley FC. You know what doesn't hurt? Yeah. Just watching the excitement of this first round, watching it, what it does to a community, mm-hmm. and thinking, yeah, could I be a part of that? Yeah, sure. And, you know, I even think of Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney and Wrexham, uh, you know, goes up and, you know, Reynolds is calling it like the most meaningful thing he's been a part of, right? It's such a collective thing that experience. No, Deadpool's the money part, not the emotional part. Oh. You know, like it's it's a cool thing, but a billion, a billion. So sports is real, and what he does is fake. Correct. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Now. <laughs> it's all adding up. That's why we follow this, and we're not Ebert and Siskel over here. All right, Squids one. Ah. Uh, Dallas, Seattle, everyone. I mean, when you look at start to finish what Colorado went through. They had no horses. I'm sorry, too. Like, how do you go this long without zero explanation out of the organization on Nikushkin? Like, I I get it's personal, but... Do you not owe your season ticket holders what something? Going, what is going on? Like there is something. some like police reports and reporting done. Yeah, like, can I the know. team say so, something? So, so all the people that have invested in your organization, following them along, standing by them, need to get updated from uh, a reporter who has to go chase down a, a fire station report or yeah. a police report. Yeah. And you can't come out and, and say something. It's junk. No Total one's junk. saying, no one's saying that on. you got to come out and give secrets away or respect the man's privacy, but you owe your fans something. To sit there and say nothing is, I, I think, is just wrong. Ding, 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 ding. 100%. You nailed, you nailed Joke. It. 
There's no, there's, it's not acceptable. And this team, you know, terrible luck with the injuries. I sent you guys the text that they're like, one of their lines was like Mulgan Hunt and another name I didn't know. <laughs> and it's like, they just ran out of bodies and that's a huge body for them as is and Landis Gog, they and almost, as was Codrey. They almost did it in the third. They almost found a way yeah. it was offside by a centimeter. Landis Gog was to me, Blown. ripped, ripped the heart out of that team. Yeah. I mean, he is their conscience. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, he's the Bergeron. He's the guy, the O'Reilly. Think about, the... think about how good he was, how good Nikushkin was, and how good Kadri was for yeah. last year. Those are three of their best guys, and they just were all gone. Cogliano was gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oof. So, yeah. Hope he's okay. Yeah. I mean, terrible, terrible luck for Colorado. Everything that could go yeah. wrong did go wrong give, for them this season. But also give Seattle a lot of credit. For sure. No superstars. Just hardworking guys. Hard four check. I do like that uh, Bjork strand. He can rip it. That, second, can. that second goal he scored was beautiful. Vine, who's on the line there? Tara, uh, Tolvanen. Tolvanen. Yeah, Tolvanen. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Yanni Gord. Good playoff player. B- best line since uh, January. Dallas going to smoke. For Seattle. Dallas going to smoke. I like the goalie. Jake. Onger. Yeah. Rupa Hans leading playoffs and points. No big deal. All right. We're a little over 24 hours from puck drop. Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs. You're going to want to follow the real Kipper and Bourne show for the next couple of weeks, man. Leafs, baby. It gets a lot more fun. Thanks for joining us. Almost 4,000 people on YouTube. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now. Can't get enough of us. Thanks for joining. We're back tomorrow.